0: Hello and welcome back to Freedom Revamp. My name is Courtney, the founder and owner. If you haven't been here before, then Freedom Revamp is a platform dedicated to helping individuals discover identity, define freedom, and pursue purpose. I am super excited because today we have joining us Kaylin and Kyra to discuss their book, This Kind of Love. Hello. Hey everyone. We're so
1: excited. Thank you for having us.
0: Of course, thank you guys for joining us. So anyone who has been here before knows that it is tradition that we ask each of our guests to define freedom. So that's the first question I have. How do you define freedom?
1: You want to go go first?
2: first? Ladies first.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I would say I define freedom as the ultimate fulfillment. Like what will fulfill me most to make me feel as if I have freedom. And I think that for me, it mostly comes from being in step with the Holy Spirit because I think I sometimes will be like, oh, I want to go do this thing. And that's going to make me feel free, like I'm living my best life. But if that's not what God has for me, I'm ultimately not going to feel fulfilled from that. And then I'm not going to have freedom. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I would say that freedom for me is anything that isn't barring me from doing whatever my God given purpose is. Um, I've always heard the quote that sometimes chains can be invisible. So I've kind of internalized that and thought about that, like, okay, you know, there there could be some things that that are holding me back that I may not see. There may be some obstacles that I see that are in my way, but um, with God, we can overcome all of them.
0: Yeah. I 100% agree with both of those answers. And that's sort of why we formed this next question, because if you think about it, when we grow up thinking that we should act a certain way or live a certain way based on what society tells us, we kind of have to unlearn that. And in unlearning it, we have to practice the, the new things. So based on the definitions you've both given, how do you practice freedom?
1: Me again? Okay. Um, I would say anytime I want to make any decision, I'm always thinking what would be the most God honoring choice? What would be, bring God satisfaction? And yeah, just what is most God honoring? And then from there, I'm like, okay, I can go and do this thing and have freedom in whatever choice that I'm making, because I know that it's biblical and it has a solid foundation.
2: I would say that that sounds like the right answer. But for me, <laughs> I don't always do the things that I know I should be doing. So um, I guess I'll answer the question by first saying, you know, sometimes I get in these stages where I'm not really trying to listen to God at all. And I'm just kind of doing my own thing. I think that, you know, as people, we all get there. And um, we also know that that leads to chaos and that chaos and that life of sin and not listening to God can lead us into situations that are unnecessarily complicated. So to your point, li- living in freedom and practicing freedom is um, presenting my life as a living sacrifice to God and, and listening to him and reading his wisdom and really just trying to do what the Bible says, because I don't know about you guys, but in my life, I found that in God, there's order and outside of him, there's chaos. So yeah. I think that the closest way to freedom is striving towards that godly, um, that godly order.
1: Yeah. I would say that too, whenever the only reason I know that, okay, I need to think what is the most God honoring thing, because I have followed my fleshly desires before, and then I just end up being a slave to my happiness or my sadness or whatever feelings I'm feeling. And then ultimately just feeling unfulfilled. And so I know now that I'm getting a little bit older, okay, don't go down that route because you are not going to, you're not going to have freedom in whatever thing you're doing.
2: Right. It's, it's easy to think, okay, I want to experience freedom but again freedom outside of god's order is not really freedom at mm-hmm. all it's actually bondage to whatever your heart is taking you so again for for us that is realigning ourselves and keeping in step with the spirit and following the rhythms that god has given us whether that be you know actually practicing the sabbath so that we can be restful and be working hard or if, if that's turning down a deal that doesn't make sense because it goes against our value we find freedom in the structure that god has given us because we find that he only wants the best for us. So in that structure, that is where the best of us is gonna come from. And that's where we're going to find that freedom.
0: That's amazing. And I'm going to ask our guests to take note of that because at the end, that might be a part of their help work that we give. So for those of you who don't know who Kaylin and Kyra are, I actually discovered them because they started off as a YouTube couple. So the first question I have is what prompted you guys to actually start your YouTube channel?
2: I think I'll start off this one uh, <laughs> because it took a lot of pulling of teeth, if you will, um, to do this, but um, or to get Kyra to do it with me. But before Kyra and I did it together, we um, or I had a YouTube channel in the seventh grade and I used to do these um, iPhone app reviews when the app store was just released. Um, so I got the first generation iPod touch and I would start reviewing apps and talking about them. And I even started doing um these, um, what would it be? I, I started doing these case reviews for the iPod. And, uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember this was actually taken off in seventh grade and I thought that it was super cool. But then my friends found out and they told everybody uh, in the school and it was super embarrassing to do YouTube back then. So I ended up, you know, deleting my channel, stopped doing it. And I kind of just stayed on the DL for a long time. I then revisited again uh, and started doing these gaming commentaries. And back then on YouTube, you couldn't monetize gaming content. So I would literally just play the game and then commentate over it. And I found some community there, which I thought was pretty cool. And I kept doing that again until my friends found out and I had to delete the channel. So all throughout high school, I didn't do it. But um, towards the middle of my senior year, I started doing it again because I wanted to document this transition between Being a young black man that is about to go off into college, and I wanted to share that experience with the people that were watching us, especially because I had had that community when I was in junior high. I found that YouTube was a place that was uh, congregating people that shared the same worldview and the same interests, and we were able to talk about the things that we're interested in and accomplish these um, these goals together on the same journey. So that's when Kyra comes in, and since she was a part of my life and the story that I was telling, um, she whether she wanted to or not ended up on camera.
1: I was forcefully, no, not really. But um, just by being his girlfriend, I would be in the background and sometimes we would go on dates together and he would be vlogging. And then eventually one day I checked his channel because every day I would watch his vlogs that he would upload while we were in college. And one day I noticed that the channel name had been changed to Kalen and Kyra. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he did that. And then from there, I mean, I just kind of had to get comfortable with holding the camera. It really was something I wanted to do, but I was just so shy that I was very hesitant.
2: Right. And we were at the same college at the time. We didn't expect that to be the case, but we both stayed in our our hometown college and it was super boring in our hometown. It's probably similar to uh, where a lot of your listeners probably live. I know we got some listeners from around the world as well, but it's the typical hometown, small town. We commuted to school And there really wasn't much to do. So we started doing YouTube and we started making these fun little harmless videos and they eventually started going viral. So that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And I think if you guys hadn't started it, like, So many people don't realize that our purpose are things that we love to do. And that might have been you guys' purpose. So many people might look at your channel and see inspiration for to be parents or to pursue their relationship with God and even move forward in their relationship with others. So I want to commend you guys on actually going out into the world and posting your videos because I know that takes a lot of work to do. And that actually sort of leads me into my next question, because you guys got married at a very young age and we know that every relationship is different. So how did you guys know that getting married at a young age was right for you guys and the stage you were currently in?
2: So I think I would start off this one as well, too, because uh, it was definitely a conviction that I felt God placed on my heart when I was about 16 years old. I had been in some relationships that I'm not proud of and had done some things that I'm not proud of as well. Um, But again, God convicted my heart and he told me, Kaylin, like, this is what I'm calling you to do. And, you know, Kyra and I come from families that both um, were married young. My parents were married young. Her parents were married young. So the idea of being married young, especially after being in a committed relationship, wasn't really that foreign to us. Like, it didn't seem that scary because we knew it was possible because it was modeled by our parents. But I remember when Kyra and I literally first started talking, the, the first conversation that we had after we re- rekindled our relationship in high school was what we call our intentions talk. And basically in that talk, I was just telling Kyra like, hey, this is what I'm on. Um, I date to marry and, you know, I've wasted time in the past and I don't plan on doing that anymore. I've hurt people in the past and I wouldn't want to do that to you. So if that's not something that you'd like to do, then that's fine. But I'm not the one for you. So let's just kind of stop before we get started. And I'll be honest, I was uh, kind of afraid to see what she might say because I was kind of infatuated with Kyra. You know, Kyra was really pretty and I'm 16 and insta-hormones and all that. But then again, like I wouldn't compromise my convictions for that. So when I hear Kyra's answer.
1: Well, I I, honestly, at the moment, I was not specifically for young marriage, but I also wasn't against it. It really wasn't something I thought of. So when Kaylin came with that idea, I wasn't like, oh my goodness, I could, I could never do that because I was attending Bible study and you know they taught getting married and saving yourself for marriage and stuff. So it's th- something I'd heard before, but it definitely was not something I felt convicted over. And it wasn't until later that God ended up giving me that desire that This is the person I've specifically placed in your life. And I just knew this is who I'm going to be with and this is who I'm going to marry. And then from there, it was just like a no brainer.
2: I remember one of the key things that we spoke about in that intentions talk just the idea behind why people start dating and why they're even dating in the first place. Because we were in high school at the time, so we're about 16. And a lot of our peers, you know, they would know each other for, you know, a couple of weeks and maybe they would, uh, the semester would change and there'd be a new girl or guy in their class. And They'd immediately start dating without even knowing this person. And what we found was when they got those titles, that boyfriend and girlfriend title, they became entitled to whatever those things were supposed to give them. And I know in the secular world, those titles mean that you can do certain things. But in the Christian world, and with our worldview, we do what God says. And God says, you know, not to do certain things in our relationship. And again, to go back to what we talked about earlier that outside of God, there's chaos. And me having experienced that in former relationships, I don't want nothing to do with that. And part of that was also not wanting to do, or or one of the issues with that was also not wanting anything to do with the titles of it. So I remember for Kyra and myself, uh, we didn't have, we didn't know what we were for a minute. Yeah, we were (laughs) Titleless. I
1: don't
2: know if that was frustrating to you or anything, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I honestly was not very bothered because he had had past relationships that had gone sour whereas in my court i hadn't really had any past relationships no past boyfriends so i wasn't you know really like oh this is how to have a relationship whereas you were much more aware of how to have a girlfriend and i wasn't
2: yeah i was aware of how to mess up a relationship and how (laughs) to hurt people but eventually we uh ended up having those titles it was after a period of courting where we weren't doing like any physical touch we weren't being alone. We really just wanted to, I mean, for me personally, I wanted to prove to myself that I wasn't going to uh, take advantage of one of God's daughters or my sister in Christ again. So after about a year, I think we pretty much got the gist of it. And I was able to hug Kyra finally, and I was able to kiss her. But um, even in those moments, you know, it's those small foxes that uh, grow up and they get big, the Bible talks about. And still, we just had to make sure that, you know, we have are surrounded by community. Dang near have chaperones that are around us so that we can stay on the straight and narrow. But that foundation uh, was a strong foundation, I'd say, because we were able to build our relationship off of a friendship. Uh, again, Tyra and I have known each other since seventh grade, the first day of school, and we met, and I mean, and we rekindled our relationship in high school. So it was that foundation of friendship that we built our romance relationship on, and. You know, whenever it gets a little boring or a little dull because we have known each other for almost 13 years now, we fall back on, you know, just being each other's people.
1: I literally always say that he's my bestie. (laughs) Yeah,
2: like we just like rocking with each other. So we got married at 19 and we've been growing together ever since.
0: Okay, I heard that podcast plug growing together, but we'll get into that later. So I will say that it speaks a lot about the respect you have for yourself for Kyra and your relationship with God that you knew those boundaries and that you knew, hey, right now I can't hug her because you know, of the feelings I have. So that says a lot. We're going to go ahead and get into you guys' book that is getting ready to release, This Kind of Love. So I want to know, you guys started out as just a YouTube couple sharing your love for each other. What prompted you to write this book?
2: So This book was originally supposed to be called um, Worth the Wait and it was going to be talking about why you know christians should remain abstinent or celibate and choose a lifestyle that abstains from sex before they're married for all the reasons that we spoke about already but after we started writing the book we realized we're not the people that can write that book specifically me because i do have a past and um in our relationship it's not like you know we were just the the most perfect right like although we didn't you know hug or have physical touch within that first year I mean we still took things pretty far I yeah mean, we
1: you, still dated three years total
2: right so i mean you're virgins by technicality but were you really honoring god when you're making out behind that movie theater so it's it's things like that that um we just felt convicted about and we said you know what maybe someone else down the line maybe god will use someone else to share that message but for us we need to share a message of um of, of honesty we need to be truthful especially because with our youtube channel especially i mean the re- i mean it being a a couple's channel Um, people can look at us as if we're relationship goals and people, I mean, you don't even have to ask them to make an idol out of you because they kind of put you on a pedestal because they see how good you look on these pictures and everything. And the last thing we wanted to do was perpetuate an image of perfection. So we're just like, hold up. I never asked to be on this, uh, on this pedestal. Let me go ahead and step down and point to the person who deserves to be on that pedestal, which is Jesus, because he's perfect. And he's the one that we should be listening to and modeling our life after. So. we wrote this kind of love thinking that it was going to be that book that was you know gonna make us like oh man they did it and we found out that oh no this is us going this is us proclaiming to the world that we're not perfect we're dying to ourselves, but when we're weak he's strong and when we don't give ourselves the glory we can magnify him in his perfection
0: yeah And I will say God sometimes puts us on those pedestals so that we can put him on the pedestal. Mm -hmm. So had you guys not gotten however many followers you have, that many people would not have been able to get the word of God that you guys are putting out there. So with the title being this kind of love, can you guys define what love means to you?
1: I would say love that is fruitful. I mean, That was probably the lesson I learned our first year of marriage specifically, that I was not very patient. I was quick to anger. I was not always kind. I was not always loving. And I quickly had to learn the love that I want is a love that places my spouse above everything else and not always thinking about myself or so quick to think about, oh, what do I feel about that or what do I want out of this Um, obviously a love that grows together, that's always been our motto um, and a love that has a firm foundation in Christ so that when you do have slip ups or an argument, you always have a good solid foundation to fall back on. And I think that's really what we've built.
2: Yeah, so um, I I mean, I don't even need to define this because again, I love when there's questions asked that the Bible already covers and we let the Bible define the things that it defines. And in 1 Corinthians 13, four and five, The Bible defines love as patient, as Kyra was saying, kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Now, when we look at our version of love, especially when we were 16 and as we got older, we compare that to the perfect biblical standard and definition of what love is, we found that we were horribly mistaken. we kind of had this greco-roman view of what love was and a lot of it was just infatuation with each other we're young and i mean i think you're cute you think i'm cute we're both attracted to each other let's go fall in lust and uh, that's really a lot of what characterizes relationships nowadays but when we look at this biblical definition we had to grow in this this Mm -hmm. took time this took a lot of patience this took laying down our pride and growing together as we said so as we've tried to model the biblical definition of love in our early marriage and late dating years. That's, again, the foundation and the cornerstone that has kept our relationship healthy and has helped us growing together for the past five years.
0: That's beautiful. So in looking at the subtitle of the book, it says, The Overwhelming Power of Promises, Patience, and Faith. And I will say that I've watched a lot of YouTube couples since YouTube became a thing, and there aren't many who... Really put God on the pedestal, like you guys have been mentioning throughout this um, interview and throughout your book. So I want to know how has your personal personal relationship with God grown over time?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say we, me and Kaylin were just talking about this yesterday. That when we were when we were first dating, um, we were really like infants in our faith. And as I'll speak for myself, but I really, I mean, I believed in God and I was a true convert, but I was still such an infant and really didn't understand all the in- intricacies. And I really was not reading my Bible as I should have. And now that I'm 23 and it's been quite a while since um, I became a follower of Christ, I am like, wow, there's so much I didn't know. Even rereading old Bible verses that I'd read years and years ago, my eyes are continuously being open to things that I didn't see in the Bible before and God's true character. And I think that it has honestly just made me a better wife, a better mom, just a better person in general. And I remember anytime we're going through any like specific argument or a hard time in our marriage or I'm struggling as a mom, like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe. This responsibility has been placed to me. I just find I'm able to be so much more calm. And I would say the main thing in me that's grown is my patience by far. I mean, one thing that will really test your patience is becoming a wife and becoming a mom pretty much all in the same year and having that load of responsibility. It's almost like, wow, how can I carry this every single day and continue to honor God and the responsibilities I now have? And it really tested my patience and showed me that you are not being a very loving person to your family and to the responsibility you know you now have. And so I would say my patience has grown a hundredfold.
2: Yeah, so um, when I was again dating Kyra, I she was kind of like a functional savior for me because before Kyra, I was having such a hard time in my faith. I mean, I was still again like a, a novice or not a novice, but an infant believer uh, drinking this proverbial, Biblical milk, and I hadn't progressed to this meat. And we started dating at that time period. So, a lot of my growth wasn't exclusive from Kyra, it was mutual with her. So, it was kind of hard to see my personal relationship and my personal growth outside of our relationship together. So, it really wasn't until we got married and we started spending time together within the same space, and it started exposing the ugly things about myself that I wasn't able to put on a show um, that I think my personal growth happened. Um, they say that sin grows best in the dark, and I can one hundred. I will be the person that stands on the rooftops and attest to that. Like I will scream it from the rooftops because a lot of my personal sin, uh, the things that were holding me back from growing, from growing in my relationship with God, were the things that I was able to hide. So in our relationship, it was exposed, and Kyra was able to help walk with me through that. This, but it was also things that I had to walk and deal with by myself. So um, over time, you know cannot grow as a christian if you're not reading your bible so that's the first place that i started you start to understand this word and you start to meditate on it you start to tarry in prayer and god begins to renew your mind and transform you from the inside out and what i noticed was i started having the fruits of the spirit displayed within my life it wasn't something i had to perform like i thought i needed to do when i was younger but instead it was something that was naturally outflowing out of me because god was using me as his vessel so those fruits of the spirit are that love, that genuine love, the biblical kind, not that Greco-Roman one we talked about earlier, that's lust filled with infatuation. But instead, it's that love that is patient and kind. Also, the joy, the peace, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control. The self-control is something that I really, really wanted to hint on because that's one of the most tangible things for me. I mean, we all know the type of people we are, but sometimes we're not the best of keeping track of the habits that we have. But for me, I'm kind of like a perfectionist and I'm like hyper aware of how I'm doing and what I'm doing. So there were some sins that I had that just had bondage over me. And by the name of this podcast, I didn't have that freedom that God had called me to. God said, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And I was not living in that. So I didn't want to be in bondage to anything. So I just asked God and I got some accountability and I got exposed in my marriage and I was able to find freedom in some of the things that were personally holding me back. So I just wanted to share that if any of you guys out there are experiencing anything, I don't care what it is, it could be pornography, it could be masturbation, it could be, you know, womanizing, it could be, you know, dating around, it could be any of that stuff. God can set you free from that and you can have the freedom that he's called you to.
0: Yeah, and I'll say I was um, in that space a while ago where it's like you grew up in the church and you think your relationship with God is supposed to be one way and he's like, Don't base your relationship with me on what you see other people's relationship with me is like our relationship with God should be singular to us and him. And so every interview I conduct on this platform and even the ones I don't conduct that I end up listening to by our other interviewer, he like does so much deep cleaning through me every time. And it's like, wow, I did not notice I needed to fix this. But thank you, God, for revealing it to me through whoever I'm talking to at the moment. And so in growing up in church, I noticed that, well, we all learned that God should be at the center of our lives. And then eventually when we get into relationships, he should also be, In the center of our relationships, Um, my pastor specifically when he does weddings, he has like a 3 string chord where it's like the wife on one end, the husband on the other, and then God is in the middle because he should always remain in the middle. So I want to ask you guys, how do you think your personal relationships with God have contributed to your success of your marriage?
1: Yeah, I think especially you saying that God will reveal certain things to you. That was definitely my case as I've just gotten older and started to take my relationship with God seriously and just reading my Bible, which when you're reading your Bible, then you feel convicted to pray and you even want to pray. You have like God gives you that desire to even want to have a deeper relationship with him. And through that, God will really reveal things to me and speak to me and convict me over things. And before I found myself a lot, God, please fix thing this thing about Caitlin. God, please do this to Caitlin because he is not being good this way, this way, this way, this way. And then I would read my Bible and I'm like, wow, that's interesting. That's really not what God calls me to do as a wife, to not nitpick every single thing that I feel like my husband's doing wrong. And I and I feel like I really felt my our shift in marriage from my perspective, change when I just started praying for myself and focusing on myself and realizing, okay, Every single day, I can't control what anybody else is doing. I can only control the decisions I make and how I react to certain things, which ultimately has given me so much more freedom because I'm like, okay, I can still honor God in my actions and in my words. And so it's not up to me to control anybody else or try to nitpick and change that other person when I struggle with the same exact things. And so I think that's one of the main things God convicted me on It's like, Kyra, you're not perfect either. And you have a lot of areas where you're struggling. So maybe let's focus on that first instead of nitpicking everybody else. But I think that also for me stemmed from being a people pleaser. I didn't want anyone else to be upset with me or feel any kind of way towards me, which made me feel like, okay, fix this person so that they're never unhappy with the things that I'm doing, which Mm -hmm. is just just not a good cycle to be in because you're never going to win that battle. And so I was honestly really thankful that God had revealed that to me, that you need to focus on yourself and pray for the fruits of the spirit and not for this other person to specifically be changed and be a better person or be better for you. When God is ultimately going to be the best friend to me and love me perfectly, no one else is going to be able to do that. That's
0: good. Would you say your answer is similar?
2: Yeah, I don't know if I was over there praying against Kyra like she was praying on his side
0: because
1: I was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: you're not praying against me, but um, I appreciate you praying for me uh, even in private, and um, I think that a lot of your prayers were being answered, and it was oh, God, they were yeah, God was taking me through the ringer. I mean, He was doing the work in me, and it wasn't always fun, but um, you know, the things that we were able to grow together in, we definitely did. But there are some things that I just need to deal with as a man and as the spiritual head and leader of our family that um, I I just needed to do. I mean, there's no manual that comes with um, being a husband, being a father, and being the spiritual head. So these are things that you're kind of learning as you go. But I did feel that pressure, like, okay, I need to get right so that we can get right, me and Kyra, so that I can lead my family the way that I'm supposed to. So what does that look like? Especially now that we have two sons. Um, They were at one point, it was two under two, and we're writing this book, we're doing all these things, we have all these opportunities. But I heard this quote that when the world is loud, you need to still listen to that whisper of God. And sometimes we can't do that when we're trying to just squeeze God into these little moments or these little uh, tweets or these little quotes. We need to make time for him. And for me, I was finding, man, there's no way I can make time for God because I'm so busy everywhere else. But God was just showing me, Kalen, you do have time, but you're going to have to make a sacrifice. You're going to have to get up early. And you have to go to this quiet place and we're going to have have devotion and we're going to commune and you're going to abide in me. So that's where I found most of my growth in my relationship with God has happened when when I wake up in the morning and it's five or it's six in the morning and no one's awake and there's barely cars driving. And I go downstairs in our apartment and I just sit there in that business center and I'm reading my Bible. I'm having my quiet time and I'm able to reflect. I don't know if any guys out there in the audience or if any of you guys here on this podcast are like me but i absolutely hate journaling but god has you know been using our youtube videos uh as a way to look back retrospectively from the things that he's brought us through it's been a video testimony and uh, it makes me really hopeful for what the future is going to be so although i don't like to write down in the diary style maybe like kyra does the prayers and the things that god has brought me through I found through uh, an interesting way God has used what we do as our job, our YouTube videos to chronicle how he's been changing and growing us in our life.
0: Yeah, I like to journal, so I'm with Kyra. (laughs) I'm a more inward
1: person, so I don't really voice as many things. and even when I'm going through certain things through video, you won't really be able to tell. But I feel like for you specifically, we can go back and look at videos and you can even tell by looking at the video like, oh, I was not at a good place here. Ooh, I was good. I was in a better place here. Ooh, I remember exactly how I felt in that video. So it is cool how God will customize those things to our specific needs.
0: Yeah, he definitely knows what you need for your mm-hmm. specific journey. So I mentioned earlier that they have a podcast called Growing Together. The first episode actually dropped today, if I'm correct. Yes, Yes, it did. So what prompted all of this in one time? Like you have the book and then you guys started the podcast. What prompted the podcast for you guys?
2: Well, for so long, we've been doing YouTube videos. And that's one of the things that, you know, people know us by. And we've done all different types of YouTube videos from makeup to gaming to vlogging to storytime videos and Kyra and I have just found that on the YouTube platform it's very good for a certain type of content and on YouTube we like to share our life uh, documentary style and document you know what we're going through and growing through but we found that there was a void in our brand in a place where we can have these long-form conversations we can open up candidly and just speak about what we're really going through what we're learning what we're thinking about and how we're overcoming some of the things that we're overcoming um, cause it's, sometimes this is not the best, uh, place for that. And on YouTube, you know, some people, or sometimes the attention span isn't very long. So people watch videos for like five or six minutes, but from what we know about podcasts now is sometimes people listen to a whole 40 minute episode or a whole three hour episode. So there's a different type of, um, uh, connection that you can make with people. And that's really the type of connection that we'd like to make. We don't want and we don't care for the numbers anymore. We've gotten millions of views, but we found that views in an audience are very different. And especially uh, within the audience, there are certain tribes of people that share that same worldview and are on that same tip that we're on, which is growing together in every direction. So on our podcast, we talk about growing together in life, faith, relationships, and money. we just tried to list off um, a holistic view of our life so we just can't talk about fitness and all that. But we will. Um, it's just probably too long to add to the tagline. But on our podcast, we're going to be talking in long form and just sharing as husband and wife who don't have it all together, who are growing as we go and learning as we go. And we're going to be documenting that process in long form, candid uh, couples therapy style conversations.
0: i'm excited to tune in i didn't have time to listen to the first episode because i was preparing for this but when we get off i'm definitely going to tune in so i want to know where do you guys see yourselves in the next i'll say five to ten years and that's professionally personally as well as in your marriage
1: this is one of my least favorite questions because i am like so much more free spirited and just like i'll take the days as they come and i feel like it's been really hard especially um, like running our own business from home, it's hard to have that mindset because it's like, no, we actually have to plan long-term for where we see ourselves. Otherwise, the things that we plan are not going to go anywhere. Um, but just things that we've talked about, I would definitely like to have my own book under my belt, maybe another, okay. maybe one or two book releases, maybe we write another book together. Um, I'd really love to see our podcast still going strong and successful and consistent. Um I I do think I still see us doing YouTube. I'd love to do it for as long as we possibly can. I'd love to buy a house here in the DFW area. One of my biggest passions is just homemaking. And I want a garden. And I just really can't wait to have that step um, again and have a house again. And so hopefully in the next few years.
2: Yeah. Meanwhile, I have an entire little five and 10 year plan of things i hope to accomplish but you know it's it's getting kind of crazy because Kyra and i we started so young um accomplishing some of our goals thank god and i'm getting to the point to where i'm trying to find more things that i want to do um especially with the book that was one of my big bucket list items and i just didn't think that we would do it um at this age but i'm finding that uh i want to write multiple books and i want to write them as you know, I'm qualified to, which means I just need to keep living. And as God gives me these things, and I'll share about them. um, I don't ever and I will never arrive. But I can talk about you know, how I'm growing through and going through wherever I'm going. So in five years, I'd like to again, have a home like Kyra, you know, Say happy wife, happy life. You're Mr. Homemaker <laughs> I
0: <guess>. too. <laughs>
2: I like to have a home here. Um, maybe we have a daughter. I don't know. Maybe we adopt a couple of kids. I don't know. That would be kind of cool. But um maybe, maybe I go 10 back to years. School. Maybe I'll go back to school. <laughs> um, maybe I get a couple degrees. Um, but yeah, just keep doing the the work that God has for us in the way that He wants us to do it. Um, one thing I really don't look forward to, and I'm speaking to my future self and I hope I never do it, is compromise to stay relevant or compromise to stay around. Uh, we're always getting pulled in these different directions because the world, uh, the secular business culture wants you to do this and the algorithm is telling you to do that. But We don't succumb to what the algorithm is saying or what the best practices are. We do what God is telling us to do. So I just hope that we can you know, stay resolute in that. And that God continues to um, help us in that area because it does get hard. You know, we all see numbers and we all want to grow and we all want to make money. But at the end of the day, what we really want to do is honor God and do what he is telling us to do. So whatever he has for me in these next five to 10 years um, is what I want for me. And if I don't want that for me right now, I hope that he molds my heart to have an affinity for those things so that I could be okay with it. So.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for sharing and it's actually interesting that you brought up what you that you don't want to compromise because i've never had a guest answer that question and incorporate what they don't want to happen so i'm going to start adding that to my list of questions for my future guests but it has truly been a pleasure having you both on to talk about your lives your book your podcast thank you so much for joining us and before we go i'm going to go ahead and give you guys um our guests the help work of sitting down and talking with people you have relationships with in your life and seeing how you guys can navigate through that in the way that God wants you to. Before we sign off, can you guys please tell them how they can get a copy of your book and keep up with you guys across social media?
2: So if you guys would like to keep up with us, the Edwards family or Kaylin and Kyra, you can type Edwards family in on YouTube or Google. Kayla and Kyra anywhere, and you'll be able to find any of our social media profiles. What we'd really like for you to do is pre-order our new book, This Kind of Love. It comes out on July 13th, 2021. But if you're listening to this after that date, then you can pick it up wherever books are sold. So we really just think that our story is one that we've all lived, but there's some themes in there that I know that Kyra and I have struggled with and we've grown through. And we just know that you know a lot of you guys are probably going through those things as well. And we're confident that the God that helped us go through them Uh, can also help you go through them as well.
0: Awesome. Well, once again, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you to our audience for tuning in. And until next time, continue to practice freedom.